Hey, this is Yasha. I'm going to try something a little different today and just tell you a story that happened to me yesterday. So I hosted a party for my friend Rebecca, who moved to California a couple years ago. And when she came back to Brooklyn just for the week, she wanted to see all kinds of friends and she invited them over to my house. We, um, we spent the whole day preparing, got the grill ready, cleaned out the backyard. People came over. There were kids. There were adults. There were um, grandparents. It was a kind of beautiful scene. And uh, I was frantically, you know, going back and forth, hosting, opening things, um, and enjoying these wonderful strangers in my house. And um, Rebecca brought her new boyfriend, Jonathan, over. And uh, Jonathan is a Buddhist, or his family is Buddhist. And he brought a couple friends, uh, including Troy and Andrew. Um, Troy was clean-shaven, the sort of moon face, and Andrew had a long beard and sort of looked uh, a little hippie-ish. And uh, these guys, I, all I knew about them was that they were Buddhists and that they brought a pork belly over to grill. So I thought, all right, crazier things have happened at my parties. Hour later, I look over at the grill, and there, there are several feet of flames leaping up towards the sky. Like my grill is right next to a fence, which is kind of a bad idea in the first place. And I don't know these guys. I mean... I know they're Buddhists. Um, I know they're friends of Jonathan, who is awesome, who I just met. But I don't really know them well enough that I want to trust, um, you know, that I trust them doing something that kind of looks like it's about to light the neighborhood on fire. So I walk over there, and after a short sort of curt conversation, I basically turn the gas off and close the grill and try to shut it down. And I am surprised to get um, uh, really different responses from each of them. Troy was pretty uh, gentle and sort of went submissive when I intervened. Andrew, on the other hand, um, gave me some resistance, which was unexpected. He told me that, you know, he knew exactly what he was doing and that he had a passion for grilling. Um, he, w he was a little bit um, uh, aggressive, and when I told him, not to pour water on the grease fire. He told me that that was exactly what was needed. And then after the fire was mostly out and I walked away, I saw him pour a glass of water on there, um, and which luckily didn't catch fire. But there was a little bit of sulkiness. So I, not knowing him, I just decided to let it cool off and uh, hope for the best and not kind of escalate things further. And a little while later, actually, like maybe half an hour later, I had a chance to go and and I saw he was sitting on a bench and smoking um, some marijuana and I, I went over and just sat around with him and started talking and I, I learned that actually um, and indeed he was from Nova Scotia uh, and his family was Buddhist in the tradition of Shambhala which was started by Chogyam Trungpa and includes a teacher named Pema Chodron and by coincidence I mean we figured out that a couple of years ago I went up to the monastery uh, up in Nova Scotia Gampo Abbey and spent a couple months studying with Pema Chodron and meditating and so we shared a tradition in common and some spiritual teachers and beliefs and I don't know discovering that sort of mellowed things out and I think that he had a chance to cool off and I was doing a pretty good job of not holding a grudge and he mentioned that he had a pair of bagpipes with him and I had just talked to my friend Nick uh, about leading a little workshop in improvisation spontaneously 
um, as it was getting dark and people were moving into the house. And um, Andrew offered to play his bagpipes to sort of welcome us into this ritual. And at first I was thinking, you know, bagpipes in the house, that's a little loud. Um, and I, I asked him whether he thought 30 seconds might be good, you know, and he said, how about three minutes? Uh, so I said, yeah, okay, three minutes of bagpipes just to welcome us in. Sounds good. So we got him out and uh, people started gathering around and he started playing and the drones were rich and beautiful and reedy and powerful. And then he started playing the actual pipes and it was piercingly loud, like ear scorchingly loud. And I thought, you know, my landlord's last name is Horrigan. Um, he might appreciate something sort of Northern European like this. Uh, hopefully he'll, he'll see it in a good light. Um, and Andrew did some beautiful sort of creative open-ended playing. And then three minutes later, he stopped and we began, uh, uh, a beautiful short workshop in improvisation led by Nick that involved, you know, in the first like 10 minutes, there were people squawking like chickens and flamenco dancing and shaking their hips and yelling and singing together in call and response. And there was a wonderful feeling in the room and a sense of real, sort of camaraderie with all these strangers opening up and becoming vulnerable with each other and exploring. Um, and then we got into a little bit of singing together and there was some sort of long tones, drony sounds. And in the background, I could see Andrew putting together his bagpipes. And I had this little glance with Nick, like, is this going to be okay? Should we, do we need to curtail this? And I had a little flashback to the grease fire and the sense of uh, righteousness and mastery, which he carried himself uh, at the grill and the sense of indignation when curtailed in his endeavor. And I thought, you know what? Why not trust this guy? This guy has a droning instrument. We're doing some drones. Maybe he'll do something tasteful and supportive. And why would I stop him out of fear, maybe? that he will take things over or that things will be unexpected. Isn't this all about getting over your fear of the unknown and trying to allow people to show their genius if they have it to offer, you know? So I thought, sure, let's go. So he, I saw him making his way into the center of the circle and closing his eyes and, and um, taking his stance, and he began to play. And at first, the notes that he played on the bagpipe were not in the same key that we were singing, so there was a moment of awkwardness and adjustment as he started playing the drones they were soft enough that we were able to listen and to sort of harmonize with him and the whole texture came forward um, it was as if he was supporting us from underneath and I thought ah oh, here it is you know wonderful synchronicity I was afraid of it and here's this guy bringing something beautiful that's you know better than just people singing together in a room and then about a minute into it, he begins to play the pipes. And the, the sound is just as piercing as before. It's so loud that I'm sort of worried about people's ears. And also, it's later now and thinking about the landlord and just have this instinct that it's time to set a limit here. <laughs> so I go in and ask him to, to, uh, to stop playing the pipes and just keep playing the drones. And he he's, ignores me for a little while and then um, in, in indignation walks out of the circle and refuses to, to play, takes his toy away. And so I'm feeling inside 
um, a great sense of pain and also a sense of fear that I've alienated someone and maybe ruined a beautiful moment for the group. Maybe I made the wrong decision. But I, I do my best to sort of work with that, let it go, not take it too seriously, and keep singing. So we, we begin singing together. I take a solo inside the group. I conduct people in. I ask people to invent parts. And there's there's a little bit of feeling of shakiness or trauma from that um, sort of aggressive encounter. But people seem to have um, more or less gotten over it after a little while. And so I, I just sort of cautiously dart away for a second to get a glass of water. And I let him know that I, I, I find Andrew standing there. He looks like he's still sort of angry and maybe a little bit more drunk than last time I saw him. And I um, I just invite him back to sing with us anytime he wants and let him know that I want to give him a hug later. And um, then I go back to singing and we sing for a while. It's really beautiful. Spirituals and hymns and Motown songs and all kinds of things are coming forth in this crowd of untrained singers and beautiful bodies moving in synchronicity and and uh, people finding the edge between pure improvisation and song form just effortlessly beautiful things are happening and so a little bit later um, at the end of the party I am worried because I just haven't talked to Andrew in a while I don't know if he's huffing around and resenting me still at my house strangely and I'm worried so I, I go over to him and I just um I, I guess I, I said something like, you know, thank you for the mellowness and for the static. I feel like I've learned something from you. Um, and, you know, I, I basically you gave me an opportunity to feel some stuff. And when I say that, I'm referring to some teachings uh, that I got from Pema Chodron, who talks a lot about the Tibetan system of Lojong, um, which is kind of all about using poison as medicine or negative emotional states like anger and fear and um, uh, as, as a sort of path to awakening, which they call it, or I, I think of it as fuel for really feeling and understanding what it's like to be human, which gives you a better chance of empathizing with others and with yourself. So I, I, um, you know, I said, thanks for giving me a chance to feel some stuff and he said something at that point. He was like even a little drunker than before. And I think he said something like, you know, feelings overrated. And uh, <laughs> he and Troy were talking about just going home and watching some Game of Thrones. And um, they were almost out the door. And it was a kind of funny, awkward, beautiful moment. And, uh, and you know, they were hesitating. There was some conferring between them, a little bit of tension. And then it seemed like they decided to come back and help clean up the party. And they did. They spent, you know, a good 20 minutes in the backyard, put in bottles and bags. And I felt like that was a sweet, really sweet gesture. And um, I took it that way. Uh, and then a little bit later in the night when they had gone, I talked to Jonathan a little bit and I, I told him about my feeling that this guy, Andrew, for me had been like the Nepalese tea boy that, um, that the, the founder of the Lojong system talks about, this guy who would constantly irritate and annoy him that uh, was his supposed to be I guess his servant or his employee but was just kind of the worst person possible in his world and he talks about this guy as his greatest teacher someone who is allows him to 
um, understand the ways in which he's twisted up around himself and um, sort of unable to find compassion for himself and other people because he's so attached to a certain way that things should be, you know. So I, I, I sort of think about like if <laughs> if there's if there's a productive way to think about what just happened, maybe that would be it. And um, Jonathan surprises me when he says um, he agrees with me and he, you know, he apologizes, uh, which I think was unnecessary. And he he says something to the effect of maybe, you know, maybe Andrew could use a little bit of your structure, but maybe you could also use a little bit of Andrew's rebellious spirit and something about the willingness to just absolutely refuse a very reasonable request um, or to bring a sort of punk rock attitude to the uh, to the party and to take that spirit and believe in something enough that you're willing to alienate people or not be liked um, to I, I, I felt like um, I was really intrigued by that idea that maybe Andrew had something to offer me in that regard. And also that maybe what I had done to set some limits for him had been exactly what he needed and maybe exactly what I needed in order for us to sort of have a little exchange there. And I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. And um, Andrew, if you're listening, uh, I want to thank you for making my life interesting for showing me what it's like to be in the presence of someone who's sort of burning with passion and for showing me that there are some things that are worth protecting, like fences and ears and my relationship with my landlord <laughs> and, uh, and showing me that I can kind of stand up against a strong will without ruining anything and for giving me a little preview of what it might be like to be the parent of a rebellious toddler and need to set some freaking limits, which is not my strong suit. And uh, something that I feel like came out of me pretty naturally last night, not without some awkwardness and some pain, but I feel like I grew uh, last night and it was because of the spark that you brought. And I think that spark is beautiful and I'd like to learn from it and maybe carry a little bit of it into my life today.